Hey everybody, just wanted to apologize for the one day late broadcast of this episode. We had a little bit of a organizational shift, and uh, yeah, everything's good now, everything's edited, and we're going. So, enjoy the show. Welcome to The Legend of Things. Welcome to episode 24 of The Legend of Things. This is Sean. Today is a solo recording due to various um, scheduling difficulties and grown-up things. Um, so I'm just going to go over a couple points real quick and then hopefully get you guys out of here so you can get to doing whatever you're doing, I guess. Does that make sense? Not really. It's weird by myself. I'll let you know that. Um, and I'm recording in my car. So there might be some weird background noise. So just be aware. Um, So the main focus, uh, main thing I'm going to talk about today is No Man's Sky. Obviously it just came out um, last week on Tuesday. And I was not super sold on it. I know we've talked about it on the podcast before. And um, not really looking forward to it. It came out and I watched some videos. And uh, one of my coworkers was playing it. And I'm like, this looks fucking rad. So I checked it out, and I bought it after going through some hilarity with Target and trying to get it there, and that not working out. Ended up buying the digital copy. And um, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to, to have like a real solid opinion on it because it's not, it's not a complete game, in my opinion. It's... Um, and it's getting panned online. People either love it or hate it. And I think um, it's just very basic. It's really bare bones and there's not... There's a lot going on and there's a lot to do. But at the same time, there's nothing going on and there's nothing to do. It's weird. It's impossible to define. It's like um, a sandbox, but you don't have a shovel, I guess would be my best analogy for it. I like it. So if that makes any sense, I like it as mm, an exploration game. I like it in that sense, but I think it's really boring. It's, um, it's confusing. So like, I like it as a whole. Well, no, I don't see this is the, this is the problem. I enjoy playing it. It's a very mellow game, but it's boring. So, like, I'll keep going. One of the things you do is find little question marks on your HUD that you go to, and they're usually, like, little space mobile homes, basically, um, that have one alien in them. And when you come in, he's always surprised to see you, and he's playing iPad games, essentially, on some kind of tablet. You do a little riddle there. You get something... Um, you pick some stuff up, you move on to the next one. It's basically a rinse and repeat. And you can do that, I don't know, hundreds of times maybe per, per planet. 
depending on the size. Um, and they're always a little different. There's different kinds of places you can run into and different little happenings with the question marks. Some are like alien monoliths that teach you words for a alien language or what have you. Um, it's just not... It's It's engaging in that you just keep going. But at the same time, like, I think you just kind of go into autopilot. Your brain just kind of shuts off and you just kind of wander around. And that's when the game is at its best. Like, the wandering is the game at this point. And it's beautiful. I mean, there's a lot of places that look really cool and are, like, evocative landscapes and creatures. But at the same time, everything feels really sterile and dead. You know, the textures are good but the textures aren't great. It still has, like, an art kind of aesthetic that isn't realistic. Um, so it's weird. Like, you might see some critters, like, rummaging around, but they don't really do anything. They just kind of go in circles and hang out. Sometimes they'll pop up and try to attack you. They're not really dangerous. There's no, like, space bandits that, like, land on planets and shoot you, or no little, like, run-and-gun scenarios that you don't make yourself. It's, um... I don't know. I've played... I've probably put about 15 or 20 hours into it. And... I don't want to play it. I don't have, like, the desire to get in there and play it. But I know if I do, I'll probably play it for, like, four to five hours. Just because... Once you get in your little moving around rhythm, you're just not going to stop. And you just keep going. I've been like, all right, I'm going to do this and stop and do something else. And then, you know, two hours will pass. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? But so kind of my opinion on it so far. I think that it's a really good baseline if they're going to add more things. It's a solid foundation. Um, it's a small company, you know, they can add things, presumably, to make the game more engaging. It's like, if Star Citizen started at its base, base level, like, in a sense, scope-wise, this would be it. And then they're like, oh, but we're gonna add really cool, interesting dogfight mechanics, or factions, or meaningful conversations etc. So, I mean, it could be good. Eventually. It's still fun in a weird way. It's still engaging in a boring, weird, plotting way. But it can only get better, which I think is really weird to come in on a full-price game. You're hoping it'll get better in the future. As it is, it's fine. It's 5 out of 10. Playable game. I've got enough enjoyment out of it in the time I've played it to not feel terrible about the purchase. If it does get better and improve, then it's just savings at that point. Um, otherwise, it's getting panned in reviews, big time. People are dumping on it pretty hard, especially because it's a full, full price game. And it's always going to be split on any new release. I think for a non-AAA title, though, it's definitely generating some weird buzz because people were so hyped about it, and then they get in there with no 
if anyone's paying attention, the the notions of the game coming out were that it's basically wide open. Like they think they did a pretty good job of keeping it wildly ambiguous and saying it's an exploration game. Maybe the ambiguity was too much. People expected a lot more out of it. But what are you going to do? Um, there's a lot of controversy regarding a potential multiplayer for it. There isn't any, as far as we can tell. Um, people can visit planets and be on the same planet at the exact same time if you were lucky enough to coordinate and actually make that happen. <clears throat> and um, you don't pop on each other's screens. So there's never like a overlap, as far as I can tell. So you're playing a single-player game in a multiplayer world, kind of like Dark Souls or those games, Bloodborne, etc. And really the other players only affect the galactic market, which is like the markup on goods, which so far only seems to swing maybe like 1% or 2% up or down. And there's not really a way that I've sussed out to really take advantage of that. Especially because you can't really hoard anything because there's no way to store things beyond holding them on your person or putting them in your ship. And inventory space is so clutch and important. Really, you're just getting things, taking them to a terminal so you can sell them and just rinse repeating and eventually buying bigger ships so you can carry more stuff. That's really the whole rotation so far. Um, Really, like, playing it made me really want to play Starbound. And I don't know, I can't remember if we talked about Starbound before, but um, it's a great game. It's been in, like, pre-release for uh, years, for a long-ass time. I remember I got it when it was in early, early pre-release. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. It was like a space Terraria, which, if anyone's familiar with Terraria, it's, a, it's like a side-scroller, 2D uh, Minecraft, essentially, I think was the original analog that people kind of attached to it. Where you mine, you build things, you build structures. Eventually you can um, fight space, you know, critters and stuff to go back to Starbound. Um, you harvest crops, you harvest animals for meat, leather, etc. You build things, mine up ores, make metal, build armor, build weapons. All that kind of stuff. Just start from the base, you just work your way up. You can get people to, like, you can build housing, people can move in and rent space there and you can hit them up for rent every once in a while they give you little quest missions and all that kind of crap you get little rewards and prizes for it but starbound is to me a very it's a procedurally generated situation as well you have this whole galaxy full of these different planets you can go to and stuff but it has multiplayer for real um once you put a seed on a planet you can give someone else that seed and they can go directly to it if they want, or they can just join your multiplayer game. So there's no, like, real travel. But your planet and their planet are the same planet if you have the same seed number. Which is really interesting. Um, As long as you're playing in online mode. And it just has more levels, you know? The combat is deadly. You do die. You have to eat. You know, you have to do all these different things. You're always working towards more of a discernible goal. While it is a completely open-ended game, and there is like a quest now that has, I, I presume, an ending, you can really just take it or leave it at your leisure, where the goal in No Man's Sky is to reach for the center of the universe. 
let's say. But there's really no incentive to do that unless you just want the achievements. At this point, you're basically just walking around looking at animals, shooting crystals with lasers, and just generally spunking around. But it made me play Starbound. I played Starbound last night for maybe like five hours just because I wanted to do some sci-fi stuff, but I wanted to do more. I wanted to see meaningful upgrades and progress. And Starbound is a superior game. It's in final release now. Totally different, though. So it doesn't have that 3D aspect. There's no dogfighting, etc. But I honestly couldn't say that that makes No Man's Sky a better game. It's just not complete. Like I said, this is circle back around. So, that's my opinion on um, No Man's Sky and, I guess, Starbound. So, it's a playable game, 5 out of 10. Starbound, I think, is probably like an 8 for me, because I like all that management stuff. Um, the only other real topic I wanted to go over, I realize it's a pretty, pretty short episode, it's about 12 minutes so far. Um, there's news of Final Fantasy XV being delayed, which is a huge bummer for me. Uh, it's supposed to be pushed back, I think, until November. Or, yeah, I think November, which is only, only like, two months, granted, but I'm super looking forward to that thing and hoping that that's not a final date. But we'll see. I haven't pre-ordered it, and I might, actually, which is gross, so we'll see how it goes. Um, otherwise, the Rogue One, new Rogue One trailer came out last Thursday. Um, if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out, and looks good. I mean, it's it's a lot slower pace than the other ones, but it definitely gives you a little more insight into the different characters that you're dealing with. I think it looks really cool. Um, Donnie Yen being in there, or Donnie Wen, I don't remember how to say his last name, is like one of my favorite martial artists, and the fact that he's in there as like a main character to me is one of the coolest things ever, so I'm super looking forward to that. And um, yeah, super hyped, so hopefully we can get back into a more normal rotation um for next episode so you know we don't have these random gorilla episodes unless we each do one i guess separately john was saying we could each do them and then mix them all together but i don't know if anyone wants to go through the editing hassle with all that and plus it would make zero sense as funny as it would be um yeah so not as funny when it's just me um, by any means, it's kind of hard to do the jokes by myself. I'm trying to think of one right now, but I can't, so maybe that'll just be funny. Just the ineptitude of my attempted humor. But um, otherwise, that's pretty much it for me right now. Um, thanks for listening. Check us out on our website, Facebook, Twitch stream. I twitched a bunch of No Man's Sky stuff you guys want to watch. I haven't been doing commentary, so if commentary is something you prefer, let me know, and I'll start throwing that in there as well. Um, I find it super hard to play games and do running commentary, but I will if you want it, so let me know. And yeah, so new episodes every Wednesday, check us out, SoundCloud, what else, iTunes, uh, Denim Chicken, I think that's about it. Alright guys, thanks for listening, and have a great week. Bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is once again episode 24 from The Legend of Things. Uh, today we are doing something slightly different. We are doing individual recordings. 
because we could not get together to record this week. So um, we may be doing a little bit, mm, just a few different recording styles, maybe genre shifts possibly within the next coming uh, episodes, but they should all be fairly interesting. But we may be trying new things like recording via Skype and other fun stuff. So look forward to that. It may be interesting. Anyways, uh, I am Jonathan from The Legend of Things. I believe Sean already recorded his, so I might be going second, so good luck. I'll probably cover some of the same stuff that Sean did, but in either scenario, it might be interesting. Who knows? One can only hope. Anyways, for the start of this, we are going to be talking about No Man's Sky. So in this first release, um, I'm mainly going to be talking about PC about this. But when it first released, it came to glowing reviews, followed by a huge torrent of negative reviews, and then pretty much everything in between. So it started out, you know, everybody was saying, perfect 10 out of 10, blah, blah, blah. And then there was a huge wave of disappointment when people realized that there wasn't really that much to do in an endless game. And then the negative reviews started flowing in. So Metacritic and Steam reviews and such and such started out as around 10s and dropped to about 2s. They went up to 7s, down to 4s, now they seem to have stabilized about 5s or 6s. So, um, it says a lot about the game. I think the main issue with it is that it was overhyped. Everybody expected to be able to do their own mental version of the game, since there wasn't really any information that was given that was hard mechanics, or really anything that you really should be able to do at any given point. They kind of um, created they created false expectations by not having any expectations to set in the first place. Uh, it was too grand of a notion to not lower those grandiose ideas with anything concrete. And I think that's just kind of a lesson for anybody in the marketing industry. Should you be trying to make a crazy game that um, has a potential to blow open a lot of doors? Uh, don't overstep. Anyways, uh, there's a few really good reviews that I'd like to post in the show notes about No Man's Sky. Mainly how, um, there's one about existentialism that is may sound a little weird initially, but it's about how perceptions within the game No Man's Sky shift dramatically based on what you're doing and when you're doing it. Uh, is really well written, and if you're looking for them, you can find a good review buried in there as well. So I'd like to link to that. I believe it's Wired's game review, but we'll put that in the notes. Uh, secondly, we have Final Fantasy XV delayed till late November. I believe they said November 29th. Uh, this is pretty disappointing because it was supposed to be coming out very shortly, and it was... It was going to be in between a big rush of games. It was pretty much going to be Deus Ex, uh, Mankind Divided, followed by this, Final Fantasy. And then beyond that, two weeks after their initial release date, there were supposed to be a huge slew of games coming out. So now that it's delayed its release, um, I'm kind of worried, because October is a huge month for games this year, and... This may get forgotten for a little while. There was a lot of heat going on to this game as the release date was closing in. And I think this is going to soften that dramatically. 
especially with the variety of games that are going to be released, it's going to have a lot to compete with now. So, I'm a little worried about that. But, we shall see. Hopefully all goes well. But anyways, uh, on to a different subject. There's a new game coming out that was just hinted at recently called The Shattering. Uh, you may remember, I believe a few weeks ago now, uh, Sean was looking forward to a game called The Surge. And The Surge was based loosely around a Dark Souls style game, but set in the future where you could attack enemy limbs and pretty much take their parts and upgrade your own cyber tech along with it. Uh, it was by the studio Deck 13, I believe, who created Lords of the Fallen, which was also a Dark Souls style kind of game uh, from a more indie studio, but it kind of fell by the wayside. Not a lot of people became um, too involved with it, but there wasn't anything that was bad about it. It was actually a pretty good game. But the same studio that's making Surge is also making this horror game called The Shattering. Uh, anything that's psychological horror, which this is claiming to be, is always going to interest me, no matter what the... Even if they suck, even if they're horrible, it's still going to be something that I'm going to want to play. And so when I found this article, I just had to share it. Uh, so there's... <clears throat> it's assumed to be a short-style horror game, so three to five hours, like you'd see from Inside or other indie games that have been coming out lately. Little uh, vignettes strong story. They've been very nice. But there's a quote from um, the founder that I think is pretty interesting, so I'm going to read that out for you guys. You have lots of horror games nowadays, but they are more about jump scares, and sadly not so much about what actually scares us. We want to change that. Our idea is to confront the player with the hidden fears that lie beneath this idyllic illusion of normalcy, and only then can one truly understand the despair of the hero. So there's a few other interesting bits and pieces about uh, this game, but the main point of interest for me is stark contrast. Everything is black and white and grayscale, um, with the exception of what looks like a little bit of red. Whether or not that's going to be intentional, but um, remains to be seen, obviously. But this uh, very curious style of designing a hero's dreams is very intriguing to me. Anything that tries to break barriers with um, sound or visual effects in standard horror games is always going to pique my interest. So, I'm looking forward to this. We'll set it up in the show notes as well. Uh, another horror game coming out pretty soon is called Little Nightmares. And this is... Um, it's only been kind of hinted at it's going to make a full debut at Gamescom 2016. should be coming out pretty soon, hopefully. But the only preview we have currently is something that's very reminiscent of Bioshock. Uh, it starts out in the middle of the ocean with a lighthouse, and then it scrolls down, blah, blah, shrinks down until you see this small girl that's surrounded by these weird creatures that are trying to run away from her light. Uh, so, I'm I'm not sure how good this is going to be. It's also keen itself as horror. Whether or not it can do that is always, always possible to fail. But, something else I'm really excited about. But I'm hoping that, uh, 
maybe, maybe at Gamescom we'll get some good information about it and we'll actually be able to uh, make a more informed decision. Maybe even get a release date announced. Who knows? But in a related topic, uh, there's a very interesting article from Polygon about why scaring people is so hard. And since we're on a horror kick, or at least I am at the moment, I figured that we might just link this for you guys as well. And it's sort of, um... It tries to illuminate why horror is so hard, especially across different mediums. Uh, it's hard to get it correct even in movies because it depends so hugely on editing and scene composition that it's it's even more difficult to get it done in games, in my opinion, because you have to mechanically feel that horror. Uh, if it if it's not there to affect you, like if if the failure option like death, for example, if death is the failure, but you just respawn just a little bit earlier, horror isn't going to be too big of a deal. Uh, it's very important to tie composition along with mechanics in a way that is um, genuinely terrifying. And it's it's really difficult to pull off, which is why I enjoyed this article. But we'll send that up for you guys, too. Anyways, beyond that, new Rogue One trailer came out. It looks fun. I mean, how could it not? You got Ip Man, he's great. Darker Star Wars story, awesome. And a little hint of Vader, and a couple other fan teasers, which I'm sure everybody's gone ballistic over. But I'm sure Sean has gone over that significantly, so I will not. Anyways, so what's coming up? Uh, Sausage Party is out. I have yet to see it, but I really want to, so I'm going to check that out this weekend. Uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided is out on Tuesday. Next Tuesday. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm crossing my fingers. I hope it's... I hope it's good. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, as far as what else I've been playing and watching this week... Uh, my biggest... <laughs> the thing that I love the most that I've seen this week is actually Netflix's Little Prince. Uh, it is incredibly well made. Uh, the directing spot on. The animation and art style is... I see no difference from a Pixar film, and that's pretty impressive, because those guys do incredible work. Uh, the storyline in this is excellent. The um, Without spoiling anything, because I highly suggest that everybody watch it, regardless of your taste in movies, it is well done. The writing is very strong. The art style and the music are very good, and they're also very mixed. It's not a generic style the whole time. Uh, there's actually a lot of diversity which I was kind of taken aback by. Uh, additionally, there's... Uh, it deals a lot with childhood fantasy, which, as we talked before, in childhood imagination, is something that I'm really keen on, whether I find it in movies, or whether it's in games, or any sort of interactive medium. I enjoy experiencing that. Um, but this does it to an extreme. Uh, but it's in it's in layers. Somehow they managed to layer this movie's imagination threshold pretty excellently. Um, without saying too much more, I highly suggest that you see it and take a look at it for yourself. Let's see, what else? Oh yeah, so I've been playing two things lately. Now, you may remember from probably a month ago now when I was discussing... I can't speak. Discussing ARGs, alternate reality gaming. 
Not to be confused with the other ARG, which is augmented reality gaming. Uh, augmented is something like you'd see with Pokemon Go. Alternate is something that you see with uh, more like the Secret World, or what I've been playing lately, the Black Watchman, and Enairo, the Dream World. So last week on Steam, they had a Steam sale for these guys. It was, I think it was 10 bucks for both copies. Enairo's in early access, Black Watchman is done, but um, they just came out with a DLC pack for it. So, with my hard-earned Necropolis money that I got from returning Necropolis, I decided to pick these up because they've been on my watch list for a while, and any new game from the Black Watchman Company is something that I'll pick up now. So, I decided to get in Nairo as well. Uh, they are both puzzle-solving games. So, with the Black Watchman, you're effectively some sort of Secret Service CIA agent, but for the Black Watchman, which is non-governmental group, blah, blah, blah. And what you do is you get pretty much primed through a tutorial. You get given a website to go to for cracking a variety of codes. They teach you the basics of code cracking and the types of ciphers that you'll use. Uh, it also gives you a basis for examining uh, video and pictographic evidence and how you might be able to manipulate those in order to solve a puzzle. And that's, just, that's pretty much what the game is. Uh, you go from mission to mission, being given the specific evidence and a goal. And your goal is to take this evidence and use it through other means. So alternate reality gaming is using means other than the game itself in order to accomplish the goal. So in this, that usually means going through Google to find extra websites that are linked to some obscure company name, or deciphering a code that takes you to a pastebin account, which gives you a slew of other information that you also need to decode and find other things about. Pictures that you may run across that you need to digitally edit in order to line them up correctly, have them make sense, give you more information. All this kind of stuff that you have to manipulate the world around you in order to succeed within the game. Um, it's very, very fun, very engaging. Uh, the last mission that I played... I had to digitally set up uh, bugs, like listening post bugs, in this doctor's office in three different locations in order to find his most active vocal pattern and offset that with the other bugs that were trying to um, account for the air conditioning system and the x-ray radiation interference. So by putting them all in the correct position, you can... Uh, use noise cancellation to, I don't know, block out a bunch of fun stuff. Uh, they give you, I think it's a four-page document on that one, just to read through the basics of audio interpretation and recording. It's a little intense, but it's very, very fun. Uh, within that same mission, I actually also had a phone number that I had to call, which I called with my phone just for fun, and it left... It led me to a, um, an actual recorded message from a quote-unquote hospital, which is very engaging for me. Very immersive. But, um, yeah, I highly suggest picking it up. They have a demo that's for free on there that if you're unfamiliar with the genre, I highly suggest picking up the demo and just trying out the first three missions. It's a ton of fun. Um, so their second game, or second one that I've played, Anairo the Dream World, 
is their next version of this type of game. But it is very different in the way that it approaches things. Uh, you still have to use Google and other things to investigate information, but the way that the information itself is presented, it's much more of a mental puzzle for you to walk through. Um, for example, when you start a game, it will prompt you with a clue, and it'll be like a quote from something uh, that will reference usually a piece of artwork or fiction or literature, and you have to compare that quote to a variety of other images that you have and try to find the common thread between them. Uh, the answer you give like a runic style system, so there's a bunch of two word, I'm sorry, two letter combinations wrapped around in these concentric circles and you have X number of clicks and so if you click on three different pairs of letters it'll form a word and then if it's the correct word you'll solve the puzzle. Uh, so once you figure out all of these crazy puzzles it'll lead you to a larger puzzle sort of. Uh, it's a little difficult to explain but once you solve the first puzzle then it'll bring you back to a um, more of a hub kind of situation and you'll see that that riddle that you solved is actually one of three links that are connected to a large puzzle. Once you solve the little links then you have to combine keywords from each small link that relate to the larger link. So for I can't really give examples without giving away some of the some of the puzzles but um, yeah I won't even try to give one it'll be way too complicated. Uh, it's a lot simpler than I'm making it sound, but it does take a lot of mental gymnastics, and it's less on the conspiratorial edge and much more on the realm of fantasy and dreams, which makes sense given the name. But um, I highly suggest you play those. Uh, and Nairo may have a demo. I'm not positive. If it is, I will post it as well. But yeah, I believe that's all I have for today. Um, do I have anything on my wings? No, I do not. So I think I'm just going to be playing through the Black Watchman and Aniro. But Aniro, I'm playing with a lady friend, so I'm going to have to wait for her to come back. Anyways, I hope you all enjoyed this. Uh, let us know in the comments, all that fun stuff, if you liked the sort of setup. Uh, hopefully next week we can have a triple recording once again, but we shall see. Anyways, enjoy and good night. Thank you for listening to The Legend of Things. Check us out online at thelegendofthings.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash forward slash legend of things. And for the love of all that is good and holy, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. Until next time, this has been The Legend of Things. Things.